Let's just bow down one more time. Father, we're in a season of transition. Every week, you give us a promise of a specific change, and you have not failed. We're not only being transformed from outside. Our inward man is receiving an increasing strength. Suddenly, prayer is becoming easier. Suddenly, understanding of your word is becoming clearer. Suddenly, it's becoming a lifestyle to witness of your resurrection. Father, as a congregation tonight, we are ready for the overflow of your grace. We're ready for the touch of your spirit. Father of light, darkness cannot withstand the power of light. Lord, we have no doubt in our heart on what you can do and what you are able to do on those who willingly offer themselves to you. We left our homes, we left all our families to come to feed at your presence tonight. Father, my request is the Lord, you will do exactly what you have proposed for tonight. Each of us will leave this meeting tonight with a definite, tangible word. We know that the word has the capacity to be transformed and metamorphosized into becoming a tangible element in our lives. Lord, you've taught us that week after week. Tonight we pray that we will receive the word. But Lord, in return, life will be transferred into our system into our families, into our jobs, into our careers, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. The Lord will have me to share with us tonight on what I call more than full restoration. More than full restoration. It doesn't sound right in English. The truth about the matter is... When God restores, he restores in full. But I also found out that God does not only restore in full, God gives an overflowing. That's why he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. But thou has anointed my, my head with oil and my cup runs over. My cup is not only filled. My cup is not only full. My cup runs over. And God is ready to deliver to each of us tonight an overflowing manifestation, an overflowing grace in every aspect of our lives. How often we see believers having victories in certain areas, but in other areas there are no victories. But God is saying, I am giving you an all-round, total, complete victory in every area of your life. At the snap of the finger, you will see my hand in your life. Manifesting in an amazing, unprecedented way. That's what the Lord will do tonight. The Lord is going to restore the years which the cankerworm and the locust had eaten away. The things that we have not seen in the time past... God is going to bring them into manifestation in our lives. The Lord wants to give us 
more than full restoration. Some of us have celebrated and given testimonies. But the Lord is saying, I am doing something in your life that your testimony will be too small. Your testimony will actually be nothing compared to what I'm about to do. How do you expect Joseph to give a testimony of a man who was left in a prison? Ragged. Overgrown. Unkept. But one night he slept as a slave boy. Woke up another day to sit with the princess. What an amazing God we serve. How do we imagine a man who ran away from his master because he served under a mad king. And he was in the bush running from pillar to post. He got to the point he ran into the hands of his own enemies and made friendship with his enemies. How many of us want to make friendship with the enemies? He lived in the camp of his enemies. And one day, God enthroned him as a king over his own people. You came here tonight, you thought you were nobody. But the God we serve is a God who gives more than full restoration. God is not only going to restore the years that you have lost. God is going to give you more than what you can comprehend. The Lord will give you more than what you can comprehend. The Lord will give you more than what you can comprehend. The scripture declares 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has he entered into the hearts of man what the Lord has prepared for them that love him. The Bible says in verse 10, For God has revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. I pray tonight that the Lord will uncover to you the deep things of the Spirit, the deep things, the mysterious things of the Spirit. The Lord will begin to hand over into each of us the things that the eyes cannot see, the things that the ears cannot comprehend, the things that the heart of man cannot contain, because he is God. The scripture says, with me, nothing shall be impossible. For with man, this is impossible. But with me, nothing shall be impossible. More than full restoration. I'd like us to join me tonight. I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I'm also going to read just one verse from the book of 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Are we ready? I want us to turn to this page together and read as God's people in unison. 4 Samuel chapter 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Siklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Siklag Attacked Siklag and burnt it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. 
I wanted to look in your Bible and underline the sentence or the phrase, they did not kill anyone. <laughs> so David and his men, verse 3, came to the city, and there it was, born with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Maybe some of us are here tonight, you've been weeping all your life. And you've come to the point when you cannot even weep anymore. I want to say to you by the Spirit of God tonight, weep no more. Weep no more. Because the Lord is replacing your ashes with his beauty. The Lord is replacing the heaviness of your heart with the garment of praise. That after tonight, instead of wearing long faces and being depressed, we're going to stand and give glory to God and say, Lord, I'm grateful because the days of my weeping is over. For weeping may endure for a night, Psalm 30 verse 5. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. It's only God who can cause a man's sorrow to die off in a moment. God can do it. He has done it before in the past. First Corinthians chapter 4. There was a man called Jabez. He was born in pain. His life had no recognition. He was insignificant. Everywhere that Jabez went, he was always causing pain. No one wanted to relate with Jabez. Why? Because of his life. Nobody wanted to be a friend to Jabez because of his lifestyle. Everywhere that Jabez was, it was a story. Of pain and anguish. I don't think that is strange. Before I finish his story. There was a story of a lady in Holland. I think I shared a testimony before. Who was born of course Caucasian. Wonderful lady. But she couldn't marry. Couldn't get married. Why? Not because she didn't want to. But there was a spell over her life. Every man that had a contact with her died mysteriously. This was not in Nigeria. So... You're not thinking of black magic. <laughs> Every man that had a relationship with her died mysteriously. And that was her life. It got so terrible that the parents had to tell her to leave. She was ostracized. She had no solution. There was no medical solution or interpretation to what she was going through. But one day, a man walked up to her and shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with her. Let me say this to us tonight. Nothing can be compared with the power of the gospel. I love Paul the Apostle, Romans chapter 1. The Paul the Apostle explained to us about the power of the gospel. Colossians chapter 1 says he has conveyed us from the, from, the, from the kingdom of darkness into the marvelous light of God. The Bible says we have been transferred from death into life. The gospel is not to be a church member. The gospel is to bring a complete all-around change into our lives. Somebody approached her and said, Jesus loves you. And she just looked at the person. Jesus loves me. What are you talking about? I've been a child of pain all my life. And after hearing the gospel, the man was, took his time explaining in detail that the God we serve does not have anything to do with your past. 
Your past is over. That the day you have an encounter with Jesus, it will not only transform your spirit, it will transform your entire life. And there and then she gave her life to the Lord Jesus. She became a member of a church. But you know what? The story of her past kept haunting her. Even brethren in church, when they heard who she was, she used to be. Everybody said, ah, bless you, sis. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Nobody wanted to move close. But I was a brother. He believed God. You know, we have some brothers. They just know their God. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. He's been looking for a wife for a long time. <laughs> just found this and said, this sister is beautiful. Nobody wants to move close to her. Why? She went to the sister and said, sister, what do you think? I'm ready. I want to get married. The sister said, no. If you know me, you wouldn't come close. She told him the story. Ah, he said, that's not a problem. Immediately you give your life to Christ, that yoke had been broken. Amen. You don't realize it's been broken. Amen. They prayed together. The brother said, I'm going to marry you. The Lord spoke to me. I'm marrying you. And the pastor waited in. And there and then she got married. The parents were watching to see what would happen to the brother. Nothing. They began to increase in size. The family was growing. And they said, something must be different about this. The grace that you carry has something in it. The power to demolish spell and causes is in the grace of God. I don't know what we came here with tonight. Whatever generational cause came with us, the power of God is in this place to break every yoke and to destroy every burden of the enemy. They got married. They had children. Because the yoke of that bondage was broken. Immediately she gave her life to Christ. I don't care how long the bondage had been. The day the bondage of your life has an encounter with the power of God. When two powers meet, the lesser power will have to battle the greater. And I believe we, are, we serve a God. The Bible said there is no power except that which is of God. Once has he spoken, twice have I heard. The power belongs to God. It is not by might, Zechariah chapter 4, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When the spirit of God intervenes in a man's life, when the power of God breaks through the wall of the bondage and the obstruction that are in that God's people from moving forward. Let me say this tonight. I sense by the spirit that some of us have been walking into a brick wall. From tonight, every brick wall that had hindered your life from reaching its full potential in the name of Jesus, we command every brick wall to collapse tonight in the name of Jesus. Every roadblock placed, every hindrance, we command that the storm be rolled away tonight. In the name of Jesus. And David. Let me finish Jabez' story. One day Jabez looked at himself and said, this is not right. There has to be an answer to this. The answer is not with my friends. The answer is not with my family. The answer is not with my parents. They love me, but they can't help me. There are many people who love you, but they can't help you. They love us so dearly, but they can't help. They pity 
and they wonder when would the crisis end. But they have no solution. And God is saying tonight, stop looking at those who can offer no solution to the crisis of your life. Begin to look up tonight. Jabez looked up to God and said, oh, that thou wouldest bless me and enlarge my coast. Oh, that you will, oh, that I would not cause pain. The Bible says, and the Lord granted his request. Every request that we came here tonight with, the Lord will grant it. Every pain that you have suffered as you enter through that door tonight, the power of that pain is broken. A new day is here. A new agenda is here. From tonight, you will never remain the same. The glory of God is upon everyone in this place tonight. We will get back home. Something will be different about you. The power of God will begin to leap on the inside. Will begin to destroy the yokes of the enemy. Every residue jokes of the enemy. Every impossible situation will begin to receive a word from the Lord. And as the word of the Lord enters into that system, every resistance will be broken in the name of Jesus. The Bible says then David, the people who were with him, lifted up their voices and, and wept until they had no power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahionam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. And the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and, daughter, and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiah to the priest, Abimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiah brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Ah, without fail, recover all. Without fail, recover all. In a moment, I'm going to teach a little bit about this scripture. The scripture speaks about David. Don't forget that David was a faithful young man who served his master faithfully. Number one, he served as a shepherd boy. He was the youngest in the family. He was the only one that was left with the sheep. To face the vicissitudes, to face the horror of the night. And you know what it means to take care of the sheep? When you take care of the sheep, you stand the danger of being attacked by the wolves. So it's only that it's only a you know lucrative job. It was also a dangerous assignment. The father knew that, but they kept him all by himself to take care of the family business. And David never complained. You know why? Because the process that causes frustration in our lives could be the same process that God wants to use to bring promotion to you. You never learn a life's lesson in the pleasure. You don't learn when you're in pleasure. You learn when you're in pain. The greatest lessons of life are not learned when everything is rosy and wonderful. Nobody learns because we don't think. Pain makes you to think. Frustration causes your imagination to expand. And so this man looked everywhere. Who do I serve? He began to sing to his God. In the process of time, God began to develop two things in him. He developed his personal life personal relationship with God and he began to develop skills in his life. Do you know every circumstance that had had you captive, 
if we don't, we're not bitter, it will make us to be a better people. When you become bitter, you become depressed and you cannot get out of it. But God wants to use the circumstance of our lives to create an opportunity, an oasis for us to develop strength in the inner man. Did we hear what I said? Strength where? In the inner man. The reason why is this. If your strength in the inner man is not developed, when God will bless you, you have no capacity to handle the blessing of God. God will never bless an unprepared vessel. If your heart cannot contain the blessing of God, it will not bless you. God can only be blessed a prepared vessel. When a vessel is prepared by God, God knows that you have a sufficient container to handle his blessing. And so David was left alone. And in the process of time, he began to develop strength in the inner man. He began to develop his spirit. He began to develop his relationship with God. David began to write songs of worship, of praise, of, of, of exhortation to the Lord. And you know what happened? David became more mature than all the brothers in the house. David's mind and his spirit became more sensitive to the things of God. How do I know that? How many of us know that the day that David went to war to give bread to his brothers, everyone in that place had been in the cave. When Goliath came out, they ran into the cave. But there was one man. When Goliath came out, he was just talking to his brother. He heard the voice of an uncircumcised Philistine. He said, who is that? Who is this man who wants to defy the army of the almighty God? Nobody ever knew that. Who wants to defy the, the army of, of the almighty God? And David said, let it not be. It will not happen. And David's heart became steered. He was ready to fight. Why? Because he has developed a strong spirit. He knew the covenant of God. He knew the power of God. He knew the ability of God. He knew the past of God's people. And he knows that the God who brought them that far can take them beyond. How is it that a man with his breath in his nostril will stand against the living God and spoke against the God of Israel? Let it not be. I'm ready to die right in front of Goliath. Where is he? And they said, small boy. Small boy, but big talk. It wasn't just talking big. It was big on the inside. Listen to the people may look at you small on the outside. What determines your strength is the strength of your inner man. Don't let people undermine you because of your physical size. As a matter of fact, Paul the apostle was a small man. He was bored. He wasn't very good looking. And they said, who is this man that wrote letters to us? Paul said, don't look at me. Don't look at my physique. They said his letters are so weighty, but when you see him, he's just a little man. You can despise him. And that's how God works. The man was strong on the inside. What am I saying? David, at this time, had built up his spirit man. I'm going somewhere. I want us to follow. And at this time, he had just left the camp of the Philistines. They told him they don't want him to go to war with them. Because David had been hiding with the Philistines. He pretended that he was fighting for the Philistines against Israel. Because Saul had pursued David consistently. And David knew the only way to survive was for me to live with my enemies. How many of us want to live with our enemies? And David said, well, this is the only save ever for me. David decided to live with his enemies. They gave him a city. They call it Siklag with his men. Don't forget David's men. Who were they? The Bible said they were debtors. They were despondent men. What a, what a leader David was. He was leading incorrigible people. He was leading men, <laughs> men who had no stature. They were vagabonds. They were thugs. They were rogues. Those were David's men. 
But you see, how of those rogues came mighty men because of the man they related with. Look, the true trait of a leader is not just when God gives you shiny and polished and rich people. It's when God gives you the ragged and you can make, the, you can make gold out of them. That's the true sign. I want to believe that if God really, if you're really working with God, God can transform lives through you. David impacted this man. When you saw them, you would think, in fact, the Bible got to a level, he called them, you know, mighty men. These were vagabonds. These were men who had no, no relations with no one. And he called them mighty men. What a mighty man. That's why the people you relate with matters a lot. If you rob minds with the mighty, you become mighty. And the Bible says, David came back. His heart was weighty. They came back. Let me quickly talk about what he did there. Each time he saw the army of the Philistines, he told them, I just came back from Judah and I killed them all. He was lying. When David said he went to kill the, you know, the Israelites, he was lying. David went to the garrison of the Gath. He was killing the Philistines. He would kill them. When he enters the city, he killed everybody. So that no one will go back to the king to tell any testimony. You know, it's when somebody escaped that you can leak the secret. He killed everybody. Killed everything. And he will come back and say, I just came back now. Oh, the man will say, you did a good job. You did a good job. You did a great job. And I know David will look at himself and laugh and said, they don't know what is going on. And then they were about to fight Israel. And David did not say a single word. He set up his own army. But the king looked at him and said, who is that boy? Is that not the guy who killed Goliath? Tell him to get out of here now. When we get to the battlefront, he will take the battle and take, turn the battle against us. Tell him to leave this place. And David came back to Siklag. But what happened at Siklag? David got to Siklag. The city was burnt. His two wives had been captured. All the properties had been taken. They had nothing left. David was naked. David was empty. It was not only that he was empty. The people who were, who were with him, who called him a hero a few days ago, now wanted to stone him. Do you know it's amazing that when people want to, it's easy to handle criticism from people who are above you and people who are, to, who are your past. When people who are inferior to you begin to criticize you, it hurts badly. So David did not only lose his property, he also lost his reputation before his armies. He lost his reputation, he lost everything. I'm saying to us tonight, I want us to see this. He lost physical materials. He also lost emotionally. And David also lost his wives. You know what it means to lose wives. So David was stripped, literally. He had nothing left. And some of us could be here tonight, you came here tonight and said, I really don't know what I have left. But you know, David had something left. David had something left. Every other person lost courage. And they said, the next thing we're going to do is to kill this man. You know, I said to myself when I got here, why didn't they kill David? What would they have? They were vagabond. They would turn back to be what they used to be. They would go back to their old form. I'm sure they would raise the tone and look at the man and say, he made me what I am. I'm not going to shoot him. He made me what I am. I can't, I can't throw this. My hands can't do this. And you know what? David did not respond to the threat. Can you imagine that? David never made a single comment because he understood that when the people are in sorrow, you cannot predict man. Man is unpredictable when he's in, in difficult situations. Is that not true? And David knew that. And David did something that is very interesting. David wept with the people. 
Look, the true sign of a leader is not that you show that you're strong all the time. It's that when the people are weak, show some compassion to them. David was shows his empathy to the people and wept with them. And wept with them. But David came back. The Bible says he sat down. He was distressed. Many of us are distressed tonight. But there is something that would determine how far you will go in life. I want to quickly say it tonight. David encouraged himself. Uh, before I speak about restoration tonight, I don't know how many of us came from different places tonight. What do you have on the inside? What will you be able to pull out in the day you look around there is no one on your side? How many of us have lost courage because no one is on your side? Many people are here today because somebody said, don't worry, we're behind you. When you lose something, everybody is calling you. I have heard people say to me before, you know, when I was going through trouble, nobody gave me a single call. They don't need, God didn't make them to call you. Because God wanted to test who you really are. When you go difficult times, go through difficult times, and family members and friends abandon you, maybe God is teaching you a lesson that he taught David. Nobody gave a call to David. Nobody told him anything. And many of us will have been offended. But David was not. David knew when he looked around, there was no one. But there was something inside. There was something inside. May I say something to me? What do you have on the inside? The Bible says Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amplified version says it's the expectancy of glory. David knew he had one more thing left. He had God on his side. Do you remember that all through the lives and the experiences of David in the house of Saul, the Bible says, and Saul knew that God was with David. Saul knew it, that God was with David. So David was left with something, and David wanted to pull out of the resource of what he had on the inside. There will be a time in your life when there is nothing that you have left but something that you have deposited on your inside. The scripture tells us, the Bible says, us is prepared for the battle, but safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. How much of him do you have on the inside of you? This is what we are all about here. We want to be sure that you are strengthened on the inside. We want to be sure that when there is no brethren around you, you can look up to heavens. You can pull out of the resources of your inside and say, I got something left inside me. I got prayers. I got praise left. I can call upon God. I can look inward and be encouraged from inside out. What determines where we're going to be tomorrow is not what is coming from outside, it's what is coming from your inside. The Bible says, for out of the abundance of the earth, what do you have on the earth? We're going to pray about restoration, but I want to challenge us as the God's people. What do you have on your inside? What do you have? Because the truth about the matter is, without a foundation, there will be no superstructure. Before God, will begin to release divine blessing upon us. We need to begin to develop core, serious, tangible relationship with him. You need to know this God. We need to begin to relate with God in a different way than we have ever done before. We need to investigate our lives and say, where do I stand in the realm of the spirit? Who am I before my God? Who am I? Does he know me? 
Who am I in the spirit? Because what God will do in the days to come depends on who you are in the realm of the spirit. The structure of your heart determines the strength of your building. What is the structure of our heart? When there's no one around, when there's no, there's no encouragement, what do you do? Let me quickly say this to us. Deuteronomy chapter 1, the day that Moses was about to die, he called Moses and brought him to the entire Israel and said, listen, people of God, I came with you from Egypt. I'm paraphrasing what he said. And you know, I could not go into that land because uh, I made God angry because of what I said or what I did because of you. But here comes a young man who would deliver the promise of God. Who would we will distribute the land that God has promised to you. And David says something. When you get back home, you can check it. David, I mean, sorry. Moses said, encourage him. That's all he said. Don't give him money. Don't give him property. Encourage him. Because with courage, every other thing that he needs in life will be supplied. This reminds me of Matthew chapter 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. I love Paul the Apostle, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul said something very interesting. And I'd like us to listen. He said, he said, even being poor, yet making many rich. He said, he said, having nothing, yet possessing all things. I have nothing, but I possess everything. I have nothing left, but I possess everything. What do you think he was talking about? He was talking about his depth of relationship. He said, I am poor, but I've made many rich. That's your life as a believer. We must get to that point when your life becomes solidly established in the Lord. You're solid inside. You may have nothing, but you're making many rich. You may have nothing, but you possess all things. No wonder the scripture says, in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. It says, he's before all things. He said, by him, all things consist. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. It says, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Being according to the, you know, according to the purpose of me. Who, has, you know, who works all things after the counsel of his will. In him we have obtained an inheritance. In other words, if I can get him, I get everything. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 1, the Bible said, God said unto Abraham, Be not afraid, for I am your exceedingly great reward. If you can understand this, I am your exceedingly great reward. Don't look for anything. If you pursue me, you need nothing again. I'm your reward. I'm your possession. I'm everything that you need. If you have me, you got it all. That's the first challenge. I will, be, I will do a disservice to us if all I did to know was to tell us all the fruits and never take us to the root. Because what sustains the fruit is the root. And that is the root. Tonight, let's move forward. The Bible describes here. And I'm going to quickly talk about three things as I close tonight on this. First Kings. I'm going to come back to the story of David. I'll be injecting it in. First Kings, chapter 22. Let's read the story of a man. 1 Kings 22. Are we there? 1 Kings 22. I'm going to read only one verse. But that verse is loaded with power. 
I'm going to read about King Ahab. 1 Kings 22, verse 3. I want us to see to it together. Can you read with me? 1 Kings 22, verse 3. Let me read from verse 1. Now, these three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Is that true? Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to visit king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servant, is everybody in the house tonight? I want everybody in church to read this with me. I want everybody in church to turn to that book and read with me because it's very critical as I go ahead and finish up tonight on what we have to share together. 4 Kings 22 and verse 3, I'm going to read. Are we there? The scripture says here, And the king of Israel said to his servant, Do you not know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours? Stop there a little while. Do you not know? One of the reasons why believers... We do not enjoy the full maximum possession of God for our lives. Most often than none is because we do not know what we have. At this time, Israel had lost a portion of their land into the hands of the enemy. Is that not true? And Ahab, even though he had committed so many terrible offenses, said, do you not know, church tonight, there is power in what you know. The scripture says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 32, he who spared not his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I read a story, I know many of us will have heard this story of a man, I don't know how many of us heard it, of a man who was traveling in a ship. He had not much money. He gathered and raked money to pay for the, sh for the trip. While he was traveling, they gave them their own uh, little, what do we call it? The little, um, it's an inner room in the, in the ship. Some of us who have seen little ships before, you have a small room where you are and then each time you want to, you can go out and play with everybody. It's like a small room, like a, a little cave. Everybody went into their own little places. And this man was, according to the story, was there day after day. The room's door was never opened. And most of the other people on board, some of them were watching that there is a man in this room. He never came out. What is he doing there? Everybody will go out to eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he never came out. Everybody will have time to, you know, talk with other people, business discussion. He was always in his room. Few days to the end of the trip, he came out and he was emaciated. He's been eating crackers and water. He would drink water and eat crackers. And, and the whole perception was that he thought that he had to make a purchase of every meal. He was not aware that in his ticket, he had already paid for every meal throughout the whole trip. I think it was the last day. Of <laughs> when he came out, he looked like a ghost because he's been eating crackers. 
Yes. And everybody said, why? Are you? He said, ah, it's because I didn't have money to pay for the food. He said, ah, in your ticket, you already paid for the meal. And he was right there all by himself day and night. He only looked out and see out the sunlight and run back. He was ashamed that he did not have money to purchase food. Meanwhile, he didn't need to purchase. It had already been paid for. Do you know many of us don't know that many things, redemption is not only to take us to heaven. Thank God for old rugged cross. And we're going to make it. But before we see him face to face, God wants us to know that the blood of Jesus paid fully for our redemption and for our freedom. And if we do not understand or comprehend the extent of what has been paid for, we will live below what God has already done. Jesus mentioned this several times to his disciples. He says, even up until now, you have asked me for nothing. In other words, the Father wants you to demand in the Spirit. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, the door shall be opened unto you. For he that seek, he that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. He that knocketh, the door is open unto him. Ask. In first, in Second John three, the, the scripture says, it, "It says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as your soul prospers." There is more to our relationship with God. What limits? What limits many of us today is what limited Israel. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 105, the scripture says many of them, you know, the Bible said they limited the only one of Israel because of the way they related with God. They confined God. God became, in, you know, became incapacitated to help his own people because of the mindset of the people. And tonight I want to say to us, God has given to us all that pertains to life and godliness. What I'm going to ask us to do tonight is to step out and reach out for what God has done for you. He's given us peace. He paid for your peace. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. But in everything with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding of man shall keep your heart and mind. Church, if the enemy wants us to lose our peace, we can say no. I will not lose my peace. I will not lose my peace. My peace will be hinted. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. When we begin to live in peace, the world will know it. The world will see. They will notice that nothing rocks your boat. Many of us believers, when people say they know that everything is rocking that boat, we're jittery like every other person. But God wants us to know that there is a provision in Christ for our deliverance. But ignorance kept us away from it. The Bible says, my people are destroyed. Not for lack of knowledge of speaking in tongues. But knowing, knowing what belongs to our safety. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because they did not know what belonged unto their salvation and freedom. May the Lord open our eyes tonight. May the scale fall off. 
May the Lord give us understanding of what has been purchased for us in Christ. That we will not be like the people of Israel. Ahab said, do you not know that Ramoth Gilead belonged to us? The day that Caleb knew that the mountain belonged to him, he said to Joshua, 45 years ago, Moses, the servant of God, spoke to me that that land belongs to me. Give me my mountain. I'm not going to go back home. I'm not too old to take my mountain. I'm going to take it. You may think I'm old, but I'm not old on the inside. I'm going to fight to take my mountain. How many of us have that resolve in our heart that you can fight for God's mountain in your life? The enemy begins to harass us day and night. And we keep quiet. The Bible says, do you not know? Knowledge. Knowledge. The devil loves ignorance. He loves it. Because it keeps us away. The devil wants us to hide. And be afraid. But the Bible says, no. That's over tonight, God's people. That's over tonight. That's over tonight. From tonight, we want to begin to pull out what has been purchased for me. What is my right in Christ? I have a right in Christ. Ever say I have a right in Christ? I have a right in Christ. If you're born in this country, you don't need to, if you go anywhere in the world, the boldest people on earth to the Americans. You know why? They know their rights. They know it. Even when the rights does not cover them there, they're so bold because they're used to saying it. I have a right. Do you know even offenders, when they arrest them, they said, I have a right to be quiet. And they won't say anything. What, what do you have? <laughs> you not, I have a right to be quiet. They won't say anything. What am I saying? But as believers, you could see how we live every day. But God is saying to them, find out about your rights. Find out. Read the Constitution. Church, read the Constitution. Your rights are well spread out here. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 54, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. That's part of our right. The rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, that the righteous will not put his hand into iniquity. When we see the rod, it's not that the enemy will not stretch forth his rod, but break it. Hallelujah. Do what? Break it. Break the rod of the wicked. Break the rod of the wicked. The enemy has no control over our lives if we are not living in willful sin. What holds many of us back is willful sin. Disobedience to God. That's where I began with the fruit. Your relationship must be solid if you're walking in the light. Darkness has no place in you. The Bible says it dwells in light and there's no darkness in him at all. Daniel chapter 2. He knows what is in the darkness but light dwells with him. Ah, what a God we serve tonight. Let's find out about our rights. What has a purchase for me? Number two. Let me read that same passage again. I'm going to read one more sentence. First Kings chapter 22. I'm so fired up that I closed my Bible and I have to go back there. First Kings 22. Verse 3. He said, do you not know the Ramoth Gilead is ours. He says, but we hesitate to take. Ever say we hesitate? You know what it means? We're not prepared to take it. 
How many of us are hesitate tonight? They told you this is what God wants for you and say, ah, I don't want to disturb the devil. Because when you disturb him, it's coming back again now. I hesitate. The Bible says, but don't you know we hesitate? In other words, we know it's ours. Now we found out it's ours. But we are not ready to fight. Tonight, we all will fight before we leave this place. Whatever is your right in the spirit, we're going to fight for it. If, if Caleb fought at 85, all of us can fight. All of us can fight. And interestingly, I don't think anybody's 85 tonight. We're all, we're all strong on the inside to say yes. Uh, if the enemy has been oppressing and harassing my children tonight is a night, I'm going to take authority over the works of the enemy. Oh, yes. If an 85-year-old man would not die until he saw the manifestation of what he has been promised, what happens to us? Why did we resolve and decided to quit in the midst of the battle? Why? Why? Why do they suddenly we relinquish our authority? And we threw in the tower. Tonight, we want to stop the encroachment of the enemy. We want to take back all that belongs to us. One of the things the Lord showed me during the week, I'm going to share with us, Joel chapter 2. The Bible said, the years which the locust and the woman. In fact, I love my own version, which is New King James Version. It says, the creeping locusts, the swarming locusts, the years which they have eaten. The Bible didn't say what they had. It said the years. In other words, even time will be recovered. Did you hear what I just said? Even your time will be recovered. I perceive that what we have lost in the last seven years, God will give back in double to you. In the name of Jesus. I want us to receive God's word tonight. I will restore back to you the years which the Kankawam has eaten. I will restore to you. And then I saw that there was a man that was called of God. His name was John. John the Baptist. He was a forerunner of Jesus. Do we remember that his father was a priest? He was a priest of God. But you see, John came in a different order of priesthood. He did not come in the same order like his father. That's why he's dangerous as parents. We want our children to do what we're doing, but we must give them the liberty for God's spirit to work in their lives. Now, his father gave him the liberty. He knew God's hand was upon him. This man never lived in town. He lived in the wilderness. But you know, guess what his food was tonight? His food was locust. Hallelujah. And I said to you tonight, everything that has been sent to heat you up will become your food. In the name of Jesus. Everything that has been sent to heat us up will become our food. In the name of Jesus. Oh, everything that has been sent to heat us up will become our food. In the name of Jesus. As I'm closing tonight, I, I need to let us know as you begin to, begin to enter into the full restoration of what God wants to do in your life. David, as he took the battle, got to a place, the Bible says... When he inquired of the Lord, I don't want to talk about that tonight because it's prayer. He's seeking the Lord. When we begin to seek the Lord, God is going to begin to move things in the spirit. God will begin to shake foundations in the spirit. When we begin to seek to the Lord, you know, it occurred to me in my spirit, when you inquire, God will give you what is required. When you inquire, God will give you what is what? What is required. God will give you strength. He will give you grace. He will give you wisdom. He will give you wherewithal. It is not enough that we know we lost something. It's also enough for us to know that we cannot begin to fire in every direction. We need pinpoint accuracy of where to go. And God said to him, go. You know what I noticed? When he inquired, God also provided, like I said, the required. What was the required? As they pursue. The Bible says, 
two, 200, around 600 men became weary. One third of the army could not continue. And that speaks of many believers today. There are many of us, we get battle weary at some point. We become tired. Not because we don't want to fight, we become battle weary. But you see, when you are battle weary, you need strong men around you. You need people who can speak it to your life and say, my brother, you may not be able to do it, but we will stand by you. We will pray for you. We will intercede on your behalf. We will stand by you. We will pray and see the hand of God being strengthened in your life. The hand of Moses was being down. And the Bible says, he run and hold lifted the hand of a weary man and as the hands of Moses were up the battle was being won and God is going to raise for you iron and how in your life when your hands are weak God will give you people to strengthen you up in the name of Jesus now what happened as they got 200 men couldn't go but the Bible says as they pursued they found an Egyptian they did not know who he was they did not know why he was on the road but you see the heart of a man will tell you what kind of a man he is. David was a good man. May the Lord make us good. Amen. May the Lord grant us a good heart. Amen. Look, it is men, there are many believers who are not good. Have you met people who are not believers but they are, believers, but they are naturally good people? They're just good. They, they have good will. And you know what? Good will always pays. It pays. Good will does what? It pays. You know what happened? They found this man. They fed him. They gave him water. They did not know. It was the same link that God has provided. It was the man that would take them to where they were going. Otherwise, they would have been going in every direction in the wilderness. But they fed him. They had no idea. They just wanted him to leave. And then they told them two things. I'm an Egyptian and I know where these people are. To be an Egyptian means it was a problem that Israel faced in the past. You never know God will, who God will use for you. It might be something in your past that God is saying, I'm going to bring it back. It was an enemy but it will become an advantage to you. It was evil, but I'm going to use it as a bridge in your life to take you to the very place that I have prepared for you. It was in the past. Egypt was speaking of the past of the people of Israel. And the Bible says, he took them there. Tonight may the Lord cause your eyes to be open to the link that he has provided. Uh, God is not coming down to do something in your life, but God is going to provide men for you. Uh, two things happen. To every place of opportunity in life, you need to have an encounter with certain people and with some places. God will always provide men in the pursuit of your possession, in the pursuit of your destiny. There are men and women that you need as a link to where you are going. And God will cause our eyes to open to those men. There are people that you never knew. They never knew this man. Look, many of us are waiting for uncles and fathers and friends and somebody somewhere that you knew when you were in school, but God is going to send to you an ambassador of purpose. Somebody you never knew before. Somebody you've never met. He does not even know you. It may be of a different race, but God has provided him God is a God of divine arrangement. This boy was sick. Do you think he just got sick? Nothing happens by accident. God caused the boy to have a diarrhea. And they couldn't take him. Because God knew he had already spoken to David. I will keep this one back here. So that he can tell them where they were. God is a great God. God will create something that's impossible to take us to where we're going. Many of us have testimonies tonight. People you never knew somewhere. God provided those people. They don't know you from Adam and they don't want to know you. And after they did what they did, you don't even know. We don't know where they are anymore. The story ended with this boy. We never knew where he was because the assignment has been accomplished. God will provide you with men. The people that will be a bridge to where God has prepared for you, you're lost. Really? But God will bring back full restoration of everything that you have lost. 
the time, the property, the emotional loss, God is going to restore everything in full in the name of Jesus. Let's stand up to prayer. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray tonight. <laughs> Somebody said, well, thank God. Did I bore you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we ready to pray? I'm fired up to pray tonight. I'm fired up to pray tonight. We've been putting up with too many. We've, start, we've been standing and allowing status quo for too long. But the status quo must stop. We're breaking the status quo tonight. Lord, my time for change is here. My time for change is here. Do you know what Job said? Job said, if a tree be cut down, shall it live again? Oh, even this root be dead in the ground. But in verse 14 of Job chapter 14, Job said, All the days of my appointed time, I will wait until my change comes. How many of us are going to wait tonight until our change comes? I said, Lord, my change is coming. I'm waiting to see the change in my life. More than full restoration. Oh yes, I lost it. But Lord, uh, it is time to recover it back. I lost, I lost years. Some of us who have lost years, you have lost time. I want us to begin to pray tonight. Lord, I know I lost time, but Lord, I saw in your word tonight you can restore the years back. Let my years be restored. Lord, I lost opportunities. Let them be restored back in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lost men. Let them be restored back. Lord, I lost emotionally. Let my emotion become stable. Restore me mentally. Restore me. Restore me in the name of Jesus. Let there be restoration in this place. In Jesus' precious name we pray. I want us to pray, Lord, open my eyes to the things that I have lost that I did not know. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hosea chapter 8. The Bible says, Ephraim has mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake, not turned. Gray hairs are here and there on him and he does not know it. Isn't that a pity case? The Bible says, the enemies have come and they have devoured his strength and he does not know it. I want us to pray to the Lord. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. To see the things that I've lost. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Let the scale fall off. Let there be divine revelation. 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 Let the scale fall off. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. We're going to pray one more prayer and that will be it for tonight. Lord, it is my time to receive full restoration. Full restoration. Full restoration. More than full restoration. Yeah. Lord, in every area of my life, full restoration. Lord, the very link, the very person, the very people, Lord, begin to supply them. Everything that is required, supply it. Everything that is required, the idea that is required, the strength that is required, 
the people that is required begin to supply it in the name of Jesus begin to supply it in the name of Jesus begin to supply it in the name of Jesus begin to supply it supply it supply it supply it supply it supply supply I receive I receive in Jesus name we are prayed. For many years I hate to talk about issues like this, but the Lord opened my eyes to it. I want us to pray a prayer tonight. Lord, I am not afraid to be blessed. I am not what? Lord, I'm not afraid to be blessed. Change my story. Change my story. Change my story. Change my story. I'm not afraid to be blessed. Change my story. Let my story change. Uh, some of us are looking at ourselves and we say, well, I'm too young now. Lord, change my story. Lord, I'm not afraid to be blessed. Change my story. Let there be transformation. Change my story. Change my story. Change my story. Let it be a turnaround. 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 In the name of Jesus, let it be a turnaround. Let it be a turnaround. We break every yoke tonight. We command every yoke but destroy it. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. I want us to give him the bless the Lord tonight and give him praise. I want us to exalt his name and worship him for tonight. More than full restoration. We're, going, we're living this place delivered, set free not only spiritually but also physically emotionally we're going into a week of difference you're going into this week with a difference we're going into this week with a difference there's going to be a difference in our lives god is impacting our lives in an unbelievable unprecedented way something new is beginning in the spirit in the name of jesus yes lord yes lord yes lord we glorify your name tonight we bless you Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight, I plan for something different. But Lord, you're tired of us complaining to you every time. You want us to assert our rights in you. Many times the enemy has harassed us with sickness. The Bible says you were wounded for our transgression. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you by your stripes. We've been healed 2,000 years ago. The enemy had closed the door of our finance. And all we do is wake up every morning and wonder when it's going to happen. When we're supposed to take charge in the spirit. Tonight, Lord, we're leaving this place with the resolve to fight to fight, to fight the enemy to a standstill. We receive recovery of our finance. Lord, the years where we have been toiling, we receive the recovery of those years. In the name of Jesus. Everybody told us it is normal. Lord, there is nothing normal about borrowing to pay and borrowing to pay and borrowing to pay and living from debt to debt. 
there is nothing normal in the world. Father, every yoke of death is broken off our neck tonight in the name of Jesus. Our children could see the struggle. They could see the struggle in us. Father, tonight we come out of the grave of death tonight. We come out of the cave of death tonight. Lord, others may, but we will not. We're coming out with victory tonight. Open the door of financial breakthrough for everyone in this place in the name of Jesus. We've pretended we don't need it, but tonight, Lord, we confess our sins and we say, Lord, we need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. We receive it in the name of Jesus. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Many of us emotionally have experienced a great turmoil of oppression. We can't sleep at night. Tonight, every yoke of the enemy that brings nightmares to God's people. Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus, every strange agent of the evil world, we command that the hold of the enemy will be broken tonight in the name of Jesus. We're walking out of this assembly tonight in freedom. We thank you because we know it is done. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord tonight and bless him.